Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. I'm Millette Jones, and every weekday I chat with today's most successful coaches, and we learn their secrets to building a thriving coaching business. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Let's go. Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast, where inspiration and action come together. Today, we're joined by Kevin Smullen. Kevin helps realtors and other small business owners become top producers by teaching them a marketing and lead generation system that will double their business. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. I appreciate being here. Well, I would love to start off with you telling us just a little bit more about you, maybe even some of the things that you like to do when you're not at work. Sure. Yeah. So personally, um, I live in uh, in Utah, just a little uh, suburb, a little bit north of Salt Lake City, and uh, been married for almost 21 years now. We have two kids, uh, have a 16-year-old son, a 12-year-old daughter, and uh, one thing that's kind of fun about us is all four of us are, are first-degree black belts in karate. Uh, I once saw this T-shirt; it made me laugh. On the front, it said, "I'm a black belt." I'm a black belt, and then on the back, it said, "Touch me, and your first lesson's free." And uh, <laughs> that that always just made me laugh. So that's that's kind of the way we we uh, we talk about ourselves. Most people call us like the Incredibles or Ninja Turtles, but that's that's one of the things that we we've enjoyed doing as a as a family together. Oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, we all love to be inspired by people's journey. So the first part of our conversation is going to focus on your business journey. How long has coaching been a part of your business and what really led you to get into it? Yeah, great question. Um, I've been coaching now for uh, about 16, 17 years, something like that. Um, and really what led me into it, and, and it's the reason I do what I do, um, you know, 20 years ago, uh, as a 21 year old kid, and, and if, if people are listening and they can do math, they know how old I am now. But, uh, <laughs> uh as a, tw- as a 21 year old kid, I went and got my real estate license and I figured that was just the way that I was going to earn my millions in this world. And, uh, in real estate school, they don't teach you how to market your business. They don't teach you how to generate new business. And, and so I struggled, um, you know, in my industry in real estate, there's a statistic that says that most people will fail and be out of the business in the first uh, couple of years. And, and I was one of those. Mm-hmm. And so th- that bothered me. And, uh, I started studying everything I could about marketing, about lead generation, um, and, and started doing consulting work, teaching people the things that I had learned. And honestly, once I, once I learned how to solve those problems for myself, it, that's what led me to do what I'm doing. And uh, have been training other people ever since. And, and that's really how I came to be where I'm at. Well, I think that really hits home because you said that in real estate school, they don't really teach you how to get clients or how to market yourself. I think that that's really the same for a lot of coaches. You know, they get into coaching because, you know, they just want to help people. They want to provide value and, and be of service. And then when they get in there, they're like, I'm talking to crickets. I, I don't, there's no one here. Who do, who am I going to coach? You know, so that's definitely something that I think that a lot of coaches bump into as well. So building up a business, it always has a ton of ups and downs. So I would love it if you could tell us maybe about a disappointment or just a low point that you experienced when you were getting your business started and kind of what you did to come back from it. Uh, wow. I can only pick one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I, I guess the, the thing that I go back to more often than not, um, and it's a lot of what drives me to, to, to do what I do. And and it's just kind of ingrained in who I am now, but I remember those early days of being in real estate and just 
coming home and, and seeing the disappointment on my wife's face. She, you know, she was, she was loving and supportive, but it was, it was, how was today? And, and I hated coming home, not having a good answer of, Hey, there's this new opportunity or, you know, I've got this new client. I mean, it was really disheartening to see how hard that was on her. And, and, and that was a real struggle. Um, you know, there've been so many disappointments you, uh, and, and this probably happens for a lot of people. And this is what I see with a lot of the clients that I work with is they, they put together this marketing piece and, and they think, yeah, this is going to generate a lot of business for me. And they're really excited. And then they do it and then they don't get the results that they, that they were expecting. And, and that's a lot of what, uh, what drives me to do what I do is because I've had those experiences and I also know why they happen. And so I know how to help mm-hmm. people pass those things. But, um, those were probably the, the biggest things is it's just gut wrenching to come home to your family <laughs> and, and not mm-hmm. have better things to tell them that, uh, it, it was tough. <laughs> so after you got out of real estate now, okay, ma- let me make sure I'm getting the timeline correctly. Sure. You, you, you got out of real estate and then you got into marketing and then after you you know, kind of learn more about marketing, you kind of opened your coaching business from Yeah, there. exactly. The first, right? yeah, okay. the first position I took when I got out of real estate, I worked for a company that did, um, that did coaching and consulting for stockbrokers and financial planners. And, and our promise was, is that in two years we could either help them double their business or we could show them how to keep their production level and work half as much. And that's really where I got a lot of my, my roots and techniques and strategies that I learned in marketing. And it's just really grown and evolved since then. So when you started doing coaching, did you have be a story there that you could tell us about, you know, getting that business started? Was it all pretty easy for you or did you have any low points with that one? Uh, yeah, there's always low points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, um, I remember the, the first time I had booked a speaking engagement, I was, I was sure this was, uh, you know, this was my way to, uh, to make it happen. And I went and I gave an awesome speech and, uh, you know, people really liked it, got a lot of compliments and, and zero business from it. <laughs> mm. And I realized that there was, there's more strategy and more process to, uh, to this business than just having a great, a great message. And that's, uh, right. that was one of the, the first things I learned very quickly, um, is again, you have these experiences you get really excited about and, and it just doesn't pan out the way you think it's going to. And you have to, you have to learn a different strategy. Right. I think that's, I think that's true because a lot of times we get caught up in the particular activity. So it's like, how can I give a really great talk? You know, what am I going to wear? What, how am I going to look? You know, and you get yourself all wrapped up in the presentation of this particular thing. And then the back end of it is, well, well now what, you know, you, you, like you said, you kind of have to have that strategy. So what were you, after you had that sort of bad experience, what did you change so that your next presentations maybe were a little bit more fruitful? Yeah. I mean, it's a great question. Teaching classes, a lot of the ways that I, I generate business for, for my own business now. And a lot of what's changed is just making sure that you, I have a solid offer at the end of that. So um, besides the fact of just having a great you know, a great class where they, they take things that are actionable and, and information they can use right away. It's more the strategy of, okay, how do I position my, my services and a free consultation in a way that's going to be meaningful to them that they want to take me up on it? So here's one thing I, I see a lot in, cause I, I have coaches that I've worked with as, you know, in, as a consultant. And here's what I see a lot is they'll get to the point where they offer a free consultation. And so the offer is, you know, contact me for a free half hour consultation or a free hour consultation consultation. And the biggest mistake that they make is calling it a consultation because consultation is just code for sales pitch. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> and and there's not really anything actionable there for a potential customer. Whereas if it becomes uh, like, for example, in my business where I'm working a lot with real estate agents, my free offer is I show them a strategy to get to 40 transactions a year. And so that's three times what a typical agent will do in a year. And so if I'm sitting down saying, look, I'm going to show you my, my blueprint for free of how to get to that point. And, and that's the offer that I'm giving them why they want to take me up on that free consultation. I just don't call it a free consultation. So do you find that once people take you up on the free consultation, how then do you maneuver through that so you are able to present your offer, but the person doesn't feel blindsided like, oh, he got me in on a free blueprint, but now I'm getting this pitch? No, it makes total sense. And and the one thing I've found about that, because I'm, I'm not really a salesperson. I'm not the, the person that's, you know, you got to buy, you got to buy. That's just not my personality. And so the one thing I found that works really well for me is for me, sales is really nothing more than just showing people how I can help them solve a problem. So if, if mm-hmm. I can make them aware of a problem that they're facing and how I'm going to show them to, you know, the method that I'm going to use to solve it, for me, that is the sales process in and of itself. And so a lot of that strategy session, when I'm sitting down and showing them my, my marketing system, that's going to get them to that top lever, that top producer level status it's, it's more about just showing them how it's going to solve the problems that they're currently facing. So I'll spend a good amount of that strategy session actually just drilling in and finding out what their production's at, what their goals are at, where they want to hit, because that, that's going to guide a lot of my conversation as to how I'm going to show them how I can help them get to the, the goals that they want. And, and honestly, it, that, it, it's kind of a dance, but that's really the way that it works, is just showing them how I can help them solve a problem and get to their goals. Right. And then at the end, you do make a, an ask. Sure. Yeah, you're crazy if you don't. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. You know, it seems like that some people maybe are a little bit afraid to make that ask. I, I mean, I've I've talked to quite a few people that, you know, say they kind of just put it out there, kind of, this is what I do, but they don't really ask for someone to work with them. So that's definitely something that I think a lot of coaches have a little bit of a struggle around is being able to at the end of a conversation, make an ask where they don't feel like they're stepping on people's toes or, or whatever. It's it's definitely an issue. Yeah. And, and I agree. I was the same way when I first started because I'm, I'm, I'm more of a relaxed, shy personality type. I'm, I'm not your A-type driver. I'm going to make this happen. That's just not my personality. And so I appreciate your comment because I was one of those as well. And the thing that's really helped me get past that is just a different mindset, which is what I'm really good at is solving problems. That's just kind of the nature of a coach or a consultant because that's what we do, right? And so for me, when I turn that sales appointment more into problem solving, that's what I do really well anyway. And so all I want to do is just show them the problem I'm solving in that appointment is showing them how my system and my program can get them to the point they want to get and, and why they're not able to achieve it on their own. And so that's the problem I'm helping them solve during that strategy session. So when you first got started doing coaching, have you always coached realtors? Was that an easy transition because you, you've already had knowledge of that industry? Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm a real big believer um, when it comes to people. Uh, you know, As far as marketing goes, one of the things I'm a real big believer in is teaching people that they're going to get further faster if they have a niche and something that they're well known for and something that they do extremely well. And so oftentimes the thing that I find as I work with people is that they are often their own niche. 
So right. in my industry where I'm working a lot with realtors, um, a lot of times, you know, they work with people just like themselves. So if they're a first-time buyer, then they work with other first-time buyers. If they're an investor, they're often working with other investors. And people are often their own niche because they understand it. They can speak a language of compassion, and they understand the mindset and what's really going on. So what I've found was that because I understand the real estate industry so well, yes, it's a, it's a very easy, natural fit for me, which is why the bulk of my clients are real estate agents. But you know, I have other small businesses, other uh, coaches and stuff that I've worked with just because so much of the, the things that I work on with them and the things that I teach, it's, it's applicable really to any, any industry. Can you talk about a time where you felt like you were finally gaining some momentum? Most coaches can point to one or two or three things that they do where they were like, yes, this is, this is starting to snowball. This is going to work. Yeah, great question. And for me, it's, um, it was really perf, really, I shouldn't say perfecting because it's always a constant improvement, but it was really finally getting down my presentation to where it was, it was lots of information that they could go and start using right away. But I had also built in the information that, you know, the, the information about my services that as to why they would want to sit down and have that strategy session. When I figured that out, that's when things really took off for me. Gotcha. So most of the ways that you get new people to learn about you is by going out and doing workshops or doing live events? Yeah. One of the advantages I have with the people that I work with, real estate agents, is you know since they have a professional license, they have to do continuing education to maintain their license. Mm -hmm. So I'm a continuing education provider. I teach uh, continuing education classes, which is great. It's my perfect opportunity to get in front of my customers. Oh, interesting. Now, is this something that you have to have a specialty in or how exactly if there's other coaches that are like, oh, wow, you know, my particular niche requires continuing ed too. How would someone learn more about getting into that? Yeah, it's and, and I'm glad you brought it up because it's such a powerful strategy. If if some of you, you know, the people listening to this podcast or, you know, work with other licensed professionals, doctors or you know, agents or whatever, there's lots of them, but they have to do continuing education to maintain their license. And so part of that process is they have to attend a certain number of hours of classes. Um, so in where I'm at, every state tends to do it a little bit differently, but there's a lot of similarities from state to state. So in Utah, you, uh, you pay some fees to get certified. Um, so obviously I'm working with the division of real estate because those are my customers, but it would be similar with people in insurance or in the healthcare industry, et cetera, et cetera. But there's some governing body that manages that process of continuing education. And so you just submit what your class is and, uh, they do a review of it. Usually there's a fee or two that you pay and then you're set up as a, as a continuing education provider. Oh, nice. That's a, that's definitely a good tip for people who maybe haven't even thought of that as a way to, to get their message out there. Yeah, exactly. And for me, it's, it's such an easy introduction because they have to do it anyway. I mm -hmm. offer those classes for free. So, uh, it's, it's easy for me to get in front of, in front of my target market. And, you know, after two hours of me showing them my expertise, I just know there's going to be a certain percentage of people after the class that are, they're going to want to come and ask questions and, and, and take the next step. So let's talk a little bit more about the the workshops and the live events. Are there any times where you book something and you're not really allowed to do an offer at the end? Yes. So <laughs> so how do you how do you get around that? How do you get people to, you know, learn more about you if you're not able to very specifically put an offer out on the table? 
Yeah, perfect. So as a continuing education provider, one of the requirements is that you're not allowed to sell during the class. I can't make an offer. I can't promote my services. I can't do any of that. And so it's it's interesting because the phrase I've come up with is, I have to learn how to sell without selling. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of it is what I'll do is I'll make them a free offer during the class. So for example, one of the classes I teach um, is uh, how to generate 20 plus leads per week using Facebook. So it's how to use Facebook as a lead generation tool to generate more business. And so when I'm talking about the technology and the things that they're going to need in place to do what I'm teaching them to do, um, for a lot of my clients, the, the technology is they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just not their generation, right? Right. And so one of the free things that I I give them during the class is I'll just say, look, if you want a video that shows you how to set this up click by click, you know, I've recorded a video on my computer where you watch me do it click by click. You can watch the video and follow right along and have your, you know, everything set up that you're going to need to do what I'm teaching you to do. So during the class, I'm giving them this free video, which is just adding value to what they do, what Mm -hmm. they do. And then in, in exchange for that, I just, uh, my comment is, look, I just need to know where to send the video. So I just need your name and email address and then, and then I'll send it to you. And so with that name and email address, that's how I'm getting their permission to send them the video. And then I continue marketing to them through that email that I've collected. So I don't have any restrictions marketing to them after the class. It's just mm-hmm. during the class that I can't. Right. What is like your favorite thing to teach? Right now. Oh, my favorite thing is going after a target market. And, and, you know, from my perspective, the single biggest mistake that most small business owners make, coaches as well, is that they're, they're terrible when it comes to, <laughs> to speaking about and promoting what they do. Um, so, you know, a, a lot of times people are just so vague that by the time they're done talking about what they do, someone's none the wiser as to what they actually do. <laughs> So like in my industry, right? If you ask a, a real estate agent what they do for work, they're going to say one of three things. They're going to say, I'm a real estate agent or I'm a realtor or the advanced version is I help people buy and sell houses. Mm-hmm. And and so when people hear that kind of a response, what they're thinking in their head is, oh, okay, cool, which is code for I know five other people that do the same thing. Right. There's nothing about that that stands out. And so one of the things that I, I teach them quickly is that they really need to have, I call it a market domination statement. It's how they're going to go after a very specific market. And it has to contain three things. Number one, it has to contain who they work with. Number two, it has to contain what problem that group of people are facing. And then number three, how they're solving that problem. So as an example, um, instead of the realtor just saying, well, I'm a real estate agent, what I teach them to say is something like this. You know, I work with first-time home buyers who don't have the money for the down payment. I show them five ways to overcome the down payment so they can buy a home today and stop wasting money on rent. And See, so, I'd want to work with that person. Yeah, exactly. And that's the point is <laughs> yeah. when people hear that, they, they very distinctly know what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I've found um, with the, the coaching or consulting industry is that by and large, they're really... Um, vague about what they do. You know, I, I know people in the coaching industry where they say, I help you be your best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what that means. Or, um, and I, I hope this isn't offending any of your, <laughs> any of your <laughs> listeners, but I, you know, there, there's people that say, you know, I'm going to help you reclaim your, your divine feminine sovereignty. Uh-huh. And, and now again, I'm, I'm not a woman. I don't understand that. But if you were to ask 10 women what that mean, I bet you're going to get 10 different answers. Right. 
And, and so at the end of the day, the problem is, is that there's just no clarity about what you actually do. So one of the biggest shifts that anybody could make in their business is if they really just sat down and dialed in and figured out those three things, who they work with, what problem that group of people are facing and how they solve it, they would be so much further ahead because they would be able to speak about their business with a lot of clarity. Yeah, I agree with that because it's almost like a little bit intangible because you can look at people's websites or you can look at people's social media and you can tell who you resonate with. And the people that you tend to resonate with usually are the ones who have a really clear message. And you may not be able to say, oh, this person's message stinks. You're not going to necessarily say that, but you're just going to be like, yeah. It just doesn't doesn't click. Something's not right there. But when you find the one that does click, it's like you just know it. Right. Yeah, that's definitely a great tip for all coaches is just to get super clear and not be afraid. How do you feel about people who they just want to help everybody? That's a great thing. But how do you get people to really grasp the idea of, of niching down? Yeah, great. And and this happens every time I talk about this is it's this mindset that if I cast a really wide net, I'm going to catch more people, right? That's the mm-hmm. thought process. And what happens is, is when you try to speak to everybody, the, the irony is, is you're actually speaking to no one. So here's the example I use with my real estate clients all the time. I'll just say, think about the needs of the first time home buyer. And are those needs different than the empty nester? And are those needs different than the person who's buying a commercial piece of property? And is that different than the investor? And by the time I go down all these different lists of people, the answer is, well, of course, they all have different needs, right? Mm -hmm. And so with that thought process in mind, the question then becomes, well, how do you create a message that's going to resonate with all of those groups of people? And the answer I always get is silence. (laughs) And, And my response is good. I don't know how to do that either. Because that's the irony is when you're speaking to everybody, you're the truthfully is you're speaking to no one. And so the best thing that they can do, and this is one of the fastest ways that people can start getting a better response from their marketing and generating more leads is being specific to a group of people. See, you know, going back to that example of the first time home buyer, usually they're having issues with credit or coming up with the money for the down payment to buy a house. And so if I can start speaking specifically about those problems, that's that message is going to resonate with those people. And this is what people miss when they want to be everything for everybody. Yeah, definitely. Before we move on to the part of the podcast that really focuses on real action steps that coaches can take to grow their business, Mm -hmm. I'd love to know, what are you excited about creating in the future? What's next for you and your business? Great question. Um, One of the big projects I'm currently working on is uh, working on developing a piece of software that takes a lot of the the tools and the things that are necessary um, for my agents to achieve the the things that I'm teaching them, but I'm building it all into one software and one platform. So mm. rather than teaching them to go, you know, you need to go to this piece of software for this and this piece of software for this, it's all going to be built into to one system. And that's one of the big projects I'm currently working on. It's really going to revolutionize things. Yeah, that's a great idea because if there's one thing that I know, it's the more little pieces and parts that you have to mess with and learn, it's like the more opportunity there is for you to to stumble and make mistakes. So yeah, an all-in-one is is always a nice thing to hear. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the big projects I'm working on right now. 
I would love to talk about what's working right now in business. You already mentioned that you do a lot of of one-on-one and you do a lot of workshops. So can you tell us, you know, how are you generating revenue in your business? Yeah, revenue in my business comes from um, really two major sources. So one is obviously the uh, the coaching consulting fees. Uh, and then the other one is I've taken um, the training and recorded it, put it in on put it on an online platform so that people who want to have just their own self-paced course, you know, go through the training themselves, they can do that. And so that's, those are my two primary methods of, of generating business. One thing that coaches love to talk about is how to grow your business, you know, how to get those discovery calls, how to get people to know about you. Mm-hmm. So what would you say is your favorite strategy for introducing brand new people to your business? My favorite strategy for introducing brand new people to my business is through my introduction. Okay. So again, it it comes back to that same concept that we were talking about earlier. If I can very clearly say who I work with, what the problem is, and how I solve it, normally one of two things happens when people hear that. Either number one, they are part of that target market. Mm Mm-hmm. And chances are, I'm probably talking about a problem that they're having. And so the comment that usually happens is, well, how do you do that? Or how does that work? Mm-hmm. And again, that's where I'm creating an opportunity to, to go further with somebody. If, if, I, if they're not part of that target market, the other thing that happens is that because I've been so clear about who I work with and what I'm doing for them, their brain starts filtering to people that meet that that meet that description. So it's not uncommon if you give that kind of an introduction where you'll hear somebody say, well, you know, you need to talk to my brother, John, he's having a hard time with that. Mm. Right. And, and so again, it's one of the fastest ways for people to, to cut through all the, <laughs> all the muck right. and actually just start generating business by being able to talk about it very clearly. And then from that, it's a matter of having that same message on all of their marketing. That same core message goes on their business cards. It goes on their website. So that no matter what area people are, are being introduced to the business, it's the same core message all the way through. And that's one of the biggest areas that people struggle with is their business card usually has one message or website has another one. And, and by the time people look at all these different pieces, they're really the only thing that happens is they're just confused. Yeah, absolutely. I love that strategy of really getting super clear in your introduction so that it tells people exactly who you are and what you can help them with. Now, one thing that I want to bring up and talk about a little bit is something that I read in your bio, which is you don't think people should ask for referrals. Let's talk about that. <laughs> you know, coaches love to get referrals. So, oh, we love them. Exactly. Yes. So let's talk about that and dissect it a little bit. Sure. So don't get me wrong. I love referrals as much as the next person. I just don't believe in asking for them. So here's why. Let me walk you through this process and here's what normally happens with people. So the, again, this is something that happens in many industries is, uh, and, and I'll, again, I'll put it in the real estate context just because that's the world I spend so much time in. But one of the things they teach real estate agents to do all the time is to go up to people and say, who do you know that's thinking about buying or selling? And they're directly asking for a referral. Right. Okay. So imagine this happens. So imagine you're one of my past clients and I give you a call and I say, Millette, who do you, th- who do you know of that's thinking about buying or selling right now? And, and what's your reaction to that? <laughs> I kind of made a face. You couldn't, you can't see it because we're on <laughs> audio, but <laughs> it's, it probably wasn't a good one. No, it wasn't. It was kind of like, 
and what are they going to do when you call them up and say, hey, Millette gave me your number? Well, they're going to be mad at me. Right. So there's two key problems here, right? Number one, did you like the fact that I put you on the spot? No. Of course not. You hated that, right? Mm-hmm. And so here's the thing. If I'm beating you up like that saying, who do you know? Who do you know? Who do you know? And that's the only thing I talk about every time we talk. The next time my name pops up on your caller ID, what are you going to do? <laughs> Just walk out of the room, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't earned that right to talk to you again, right? Right. So that's the first problem with it is you're damaging relationships. And, and the people that you're asking for relationships from are usually the ones that are the most important to you, your friends, your family, your past clients, right? Mm-hmm. So you're, that's the first problem is you're damaging a lot of relationships. The second problem is let's just say you give me a name to get me off your back, right? Right. My question is, did I receive a name or did I receive a referral? See, I got a name, right? Mm -hmm. In other words, if I were to say it differently, if you and I hung up from that phone call and I call the person that you just told me about, they have no idea who I am. They have no idea what I do for work and they have no idea why I'm calling. And do you know what we call that? That's a cold call. Oh, right. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That is not a referral. And so the end of the day, here's what happened. I didn't get what I wanted because I got a name, not a referral. And I did it at the expense of our relationship. Mm -hmm. And this is why I believe no one should ever ask for referrals again because they're not getting a referral and they're hurting relationships. It's terrible, right? And so the difference is, is what I teach people to do, and this is just an easy win for a lot of your listeners, is I teach a concept called promoting a referral instead. And promoting a referral sounds something more like this. So after we've been talking for a little bit, I might say something like this. Um, You know, you probably can't think of anybody right now, but if you ever come across somebody that would benefit from my services, would you please let me know? I'd love to have more clients just like you. Oh, nice. Right. So again, because I'm not asking for one specifically, are you turned off by that? No. Not at all. Right. And, and here's the funny thing. This is just kind of a psychological play. At the beginning, when I'm saying you probably can't think of anybody, what I'm really saying is you probably can. Just like when I say, don't think of a shark, what do you think of? Exactly. Right. Or when you go to your kids and you say, don't touch that, what's the first thing they do? <laughs> sure. So when I say you probably can't think of anybody, what I'm really saying is you probably can. And it's funny how many times will people, they'll stop you and say, you know, it's funny. I'm, I was actually thinking of somebody. Mm-hmm. Right. But that kind of an opportunity just lets people know that you accept referrals without putting them on the spot. And since I haven't damaged that relationship, I've earned the right to be able to call you again. And and you're still going to take my call because we're still friends. Right. (laughs) And that's the biggest problem people have with asking referrals. Right. It doesn't hurt that you at the end say, I'd like more people just like you, because then that's just throwing in a little compliment that makes them feel really good and would probably make them feel good about sending someone your way. Absolutely. And one of the standard business principles is that birds of a feather flock together, meaning if you go after a niche and you have clients in that niche, I promise you they know other people just like them. So like the first-time home buyers, I promise you they know other first-time home buyers. Coaches, I promise you they know other coaches, and so on and so forth. Right. So knowing what you know now about building up a successful coaching business, what would you say is one thing that coaches should do first if they want to create a successful business for themselves? 
Oh, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I firmly believe the best thing they could ever do to give themselves a jump start is to get really clear about who they're working with and what kind of outcomes they can help those people achieve. If they have that kind of clarity, it's going to be easy for them to move forward faster. Mm. So once somebody has that sort of clarity, you had mentioned, you know, put that on your business cards, put it on your website. How would you recommend that they integrate that information into something like social media, because I mean, that's something that everybody these days feels like they they have to be on several, if not all of the social media platforms. Right. And so here's where you, you start taking this basic strategy of having clarity and, and moving it to the next step, which is, if I know the kinds of problems that my potential customers are having, that gives me an opportunity to offer them something for free in exchange for their contact information. So like, for example, if I want to go after the first time home buyer, and I know that one of the challenges they're having is they don't have the money for the down payment. What if they were to come across an offer where I'm showing them in a free ebook or a free video, whatever it is, where I'm showing them five ways to buy a home today without having a down payment? Mm -hmm. Is that, that's going to resonate with them, right. right? And so I can offer that freebie on my website, or I can offer that freebie and run an ad and drive traffic from social media to that freebie and start collecting people, right? Now, once I have their contact information, now I can start offering them a free consultation or a free whatever to take that next step in the process. But it's one of the fastest ways to start generating business is if they can quickly solve a problem for their, their target market. That's an easy win. It demonstrates their expertise and it gives people a reason to say, wow, if this is the free stuff, I can only imagine what happens for the stuff that I pay for. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a great tip. You know, Kevin, this has been so good and I've learned so much. And even talking about real estate, there's so much crossover on niches. And I know that people have learned a ton from this that they're going to be able to bring into their own coaching business. So I would love to finish up now with the final five rapid fire questions. Okay, go for it. What is one habit or skill that's helped you become unstoppable? Uh, I have a, an unsatiable desire to learn. That's the biggest one. What would you say is one quality that every successful coach should spend time developing? Listening. Recommend one book that's had a big impact either on your business or on your life. Oh, that's a hard one. Uh, I would go with Tools of the Titans by Tim Ferriss. Give us an online resource that you think coaches would love to use in their business and that you couldn't do business without. Wow. Uh, I would go with Facebook. It's such a powerful tool. Mm -hmm. Now, finally, how can the listeners best connect with you if they want to learn more about your coaching and what you do? Where do you hang out on social and what's your website? Yeah, sure. So my company is called 2Q Lead Generation Strategies. So it's the number two, the letter Q, and then Lead Generation Strategies. That's my website, 2QLeadGenerationStrategies.com. Uh, if they go to Facebook, it's the same thing. So they can connect with me uh, on either of those places. And uh, yeah, there's, you know, I've got a free guide that I offer them on how to generate 20 leads per week using Facebook. So they can download that guide, have that set up within a few minutes. And it's a pretty powerful, pretty powerful tool. Nice. Well, Kevin, I'll be sure to get all of those links and all of the recommendations onto the show notes page. This has been such a good conversation. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, I sure appreciate the opportunity. Thanks. 
Thanks for joining us on the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. Be sure to head over to the website at unstoppablecoach.co where you can grab the show notes and check out all the resources and the links to the guest website and social sites. And be sure you join us every weekday when I interview another successful coach and we learn their secrets to building an unstoppable coaching business.